In Surah Al-Fatiha, we learned about three types of people. When we make dua, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ We say, صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ We want the path of those, O Allah, that you are pleased with, that you rewarded. غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ Not the path of those upon whom you were angry, and not the path of those who went astray. So there's three types of people. The first type is of those that Allah is pleased with. And we learned about them at the beginning of the surah. Who are those people? Muttaqeen. Those who are al-muflihoon. Those who benefit from the Qur'an. And we learned about the qualities of the muttaqeen. Now we're going to learn about the people whom Allah is angry with. Maghdub alayhim. You remember, I mentioned to you, maghdub alayhim are who? Those who know what they're supposed to do, but they don't do it. They choose to disobey. They know what they're supposed to refrain from, but they do it anyway. They choose to disobey. And if somebody chooses to disobey you, would you get upset? Would you get upset? You would. Now imagine, if a person disobeys Allah, doesn't Allah have the right to be angry with them? He does. So, now we see here, the explanation of maghdub alayhim. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Indeed, those people who have disbelieved, meaning in their heart, they deny, they don't accept Allah as their Lord, they don't believe in the revelation that Allah has sent, they don't believe in the last day, then such people, سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ It is the same upon them, meaning it does not make a difference, أَأَنزَرْتَهُمْ Whether you warn them, أَمْ لَمْ تُنزِرْهُمْ Or you do not warn them. Meaning, O Prophet wasallam. Whether you warn these people or you don't warn them. You tell them or you don't tell them. It's not going to make a difference to them. Because they're going to remain as la yu'minun. They're not going to believe. They're not going to believe. In other words, your warning and not warning is the same to them. They're so hard in their heart... They have denied so severely that no matter what you tell them, they're not going to listen. They're never going to be convinced. They're never going to accept. Why? There's a reason, which inshallah we will look at. But here, the Prophet ﷺ is being told that if these people don't believe, it's not your fault. Because you know the Prophet ﷺ, how long did he stay in Mecca? Inviting people to Islam. How many years? 13 years. Can you imagine? For 13 years he's telling them, O people, believe in Allah. قُولُوا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ تُفْلِحُوا Say لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ and you will be successful. And didn't those people get it? That there is only one God? They continued to worship idols. Even though they knew that they were making idols themselves with their own hands. You know, there's a story of one of the companions, he narrated this, that once he was going on a journey, he was traveling, and he had made an idol that he took with him. And that idol was made of dates, date fruit. And you might wonder why people do that. 
Okay? So he had made an idol of date fruit. And that's what he used to worship. But then he ran out of food. So you know what he did? He ate the idol. And now, here the Prophet ﷺ is telling them that these idols are not your God. They didn't make you. They don't have the power to benefit you or harm you. Who is it that you should be worshipping? Allah. But what was their state? The people, what were they doing? No, no, we don't believe, we don't believe, we don't believe. So, أَنزَرْتَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تُنزِرْهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ Was it the Prophet's fault then if these people were not believing? Was it his fault? No. It wasn't his fault. So, what is the reason then? Why don't they believe? Let's find out. Let's look at the next verse. Verse number 7. The reason why they don't believe is because خَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ Allah has put a seal upon their hearts. You might wonder, the heart just pumps blood, doesn't it? What is that organ in our body that we think with? It's the brain, isn't it? That's where memory is, that's where all the thinking takes place, doesn't it? So why is the heart mentioned? When we are talking about the qalb, when we talk about the heart in the Qur'an, we're not talking about the piece of flesh that pumps blood in the physical sense. Yes, there is that heart in the body. Okay? There is that heart. But in the Qur'an, when we talk about the qalb, we're talking about the sense of understanding, of comprehension, the ability to reason. Okay? The ability to reason. And yes, we know that that is in the brain. That is what we have learned so far, that that's in the brain. But the brain also is connected with what? What is it connected with? With the heart. Can the brain survive on its own without the heart? No. So, خَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ Allah has set a seal upon their hearts وَعَلَىٰ سَمْعِهِمْ And upon their hearing, their ears and their hearts are sealed. What does it mean that they're sealed? Sealed. I mentioned to you the example of the envelope. When do you close it? When do you seal it? When do you put tape on it? When you're finished. So, these people, their situation is such that they're done. No matter how much you tell them, nothing's going inside. Think of a closed envelope. And you're trying to put a paper inside it. Will it go? Will it go? No. There needs to be some opening. So these people, the reason why they don't believe is because the heart is sealed. So even the most beautiful, the most powerful words are not going to change them. خَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ سَمْعِهِمْ Even their hearing is sealed, their ears are plugged. So no matter what words of advice they hear, nothing benefits. وَعَلَىٰ أَبْصَارِهِمْ غِشَاوَةً And upon their eyes is a veil which does not allow them to see the signs. So for such people is a great punishment. If their hearts, eyes and ears are closed, can they understand? Can they understand? No. Can they benefit from what they're told? No. We learned earlier, there are people who are muttaqeen. Who are muttaqeen? Those who are trying to save themselves. So, what do they do? They listen to the Qur'an. They see where they're going. 
they pay attention to what Allah tells them. They are certain in faith. So what happens? They increase in guidance. And they are the ones who are successful. But here's a person whose eyes, ears, heart are blocked, closed, veiled. Can they continue? Can they find guidance? Can they protect themselves? Can you imagine a person who is unable to see? A person who is unable to see. And they're crossing the road. Could they end up in an accident? Yes. So what do they need then? They need somebody to guide them. Or they need to pay attention to the sounds of the crosswalk, right? Or they need to have a stick or something, or a guide dog or something, to show them where they're going. So a person who is not aware of his surroundings, then they are not guided. خَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ سَمْعِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ أَبْصَارِهِمْ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ The question is, why did Allah seal their hearts and ears? Why? I remember the first time that I studied this ayah, I felt so bad for these people. What's their fault? If Allah sealed their heart, what's their fault? You know, like if a person is born in a way that their eyes don't work, what's their fault? The answer. Now pay attention to the answer. Allah did not create people with sealed hearts. He did not create people such that on their eyes is a veil. No. Allah created people with sound hearts. Then how did their hearts end up becoming sealed? The Prophet ﷺ, he said that whoever is born, then he is born upon the fitrah. He is born upon the fitrah, meaning that natural state of being Allah's servant. And then he said, he gave an example that, you know, the Arabs, what they would do is, they would take their camels and their sheep and they would like slit their ears or cut off their ears, things like that, just to mark them. And you know how people, they put tattoos on their skin, things like that, piercings. So the Prophet ﷺ said that, don't you see these animals? Were they born like that with slit ears or cut ears? Were they born like that? No. What happened? What happened? Somebody came and they slit their ears, etc. So Allah created people with sound hearts. Now, why did the hearts of these people get sealed? What happened? What went wrong? What went wrong? Think about your body. If there is a part of your body that is abused, neglected, not taken care of, is it going to become weak over time? Is it? And could there come a point where it does not function at all, so it needs to be cut off and it needs to be thrown away? Do we hear about such surgeries? Yeah? Somebody had a kidney transplant. Why is it that their kidney had to go? And they had to get a new one. Why? Because the kidney they had wasn't working anymore. Right? So the heart is similar if the heart is not used properly, if the heart is abused, if the heart is neglected, slowly and gradually what happens? It dies. It stops working. It becomes useless. And when it's useless, 
Allah puts a seal on it. So, خَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ Now, what is the abusing of the heart or the dying of the heart? How is it that we neglect our heart? When we commit a sin, when we disobey Allah. Does it ever happen that there is a bad word that you heard somewhere? And it's on your mind and you want to use it. So one day you're like really angry with your brother and but your father is there and you can't use that bad word because your father is there. So you don't use it. Then what happens? Your father goes away and then you use that bad word. The first time that that bad word comes out of your mouth, is it scary or is it like weird? It's weird. But then what happens? Have you ever seen little children? I remember I did a class for little kids once about cleanliness. And the moment I mentioned washroom, washroom, toilet, they started laughing. I say, like, what's so funny? It's a toilet. But they started laughing. They couldn't help their laughter. They were all over the floor laughing and laughing. So I had to use the word toilet like many times so that they would get it out of their system. So the first time you do something wrong, you say something wrong, Is it easy? It's not easy. But then what happens? Once becomes twice. And then two times turns into three. And then four. And then five. And with each time it only gets easier. Easier to do it. Right? Easier to do it, but what's happening to the heart? It's getting abused. Because your heart is telling you, don't say that. Don't write that. Don't do that. But then you tell yourself, you tell your heart, oh, it's okay, be quiet. Everybody does it. It's fun. Don't be a weirdo. Don't be this, don't be that. It's cool to do it. So what happens? You keep doing it over and over and over again until you don't even feel it. You don't even feel it. When you came this morning, did you find the weather to be cold? It was cold. But... Would this be a reason for you to stay home? And would this be a reason for class to be canceled today? Because it snowed last night? No, because in Canada it snows all the time. Right? So what happens when people come to Canada from different places? They're like, oh my God, there's so much snow. And the roads are clear. And you're going to school? They find it really strange. But then what happens if they stay for a whole season, if they stay for a couple of years, they get used to it. And then there's two feet of snow outside and they'll go? Anyway, the point is, when you do something again and again, it becomes your nature. Write this down. When you do something again and again, it becomes your nature. So the sealing of the heart is the result of perpetual denial. They deny again and again And again. So when they deny again and again, what happens? There comes a point where the heart is sealed. Then the heart is not going to change. You know, it is said about robbery. It's a crime, right? Robbery is such a crime where people who commit robbery, they don't just commit robbery once or twice. They turn into chronic robbers. You know that? Because they'll commit robbery, they don't get caught, and they're like, okay, let me do it again. And they'll keep doing it until they get caught. They don't say like, okay, I got $2,500 by robbing the bank, so I should stop committing robbery. No, they say, 
one more time, one more time. And they keep doing it until they're caught. And you know what happens? They go to prison for like eight years, and as soon as they come out, back into robbery again. It begins to define them. So this is the reality of sins. When we commit sins again and again and again, then there comes a point where they become normal to us. There comes a point where somebody tells us, don't do it, doesn't affect us. Somebody says, what are you doing? You're like, what? What's the matter? So this is the first reason. When you do something again and again, it becomes your nature. Allah says in the Qur'an, in Surah Saf, Ayah 5, and this is in your notes, that, فَلَمَّا زَاغُوا أَزَاغَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ You see this? It's in your notes. Page number 17. That when they deviated, Allah caused their hearts to be deviated. Now, we see that Allah set a seal upon their hearts also as a punishment for them. As a punishment for them. Because I mentioned to you earlier that they're maghdub alayhim. When a person knows that this is something wrong, but they do it anyway, then Allah is angry with them. So as a punishment, their hearts are sealed. We learn in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Jathiyah, Ayah 23, this is also in your notes, that أَفَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَاهَهُ هَوَاهُ وَأَضَّلَّهُ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ Have you seen the condition of the one who has made his desires his God? He worships his desires. What does it mean? He worships his desires. That he does whatever he wants to. He says whatever he wants, he eats whatever he wants. He doesn't have any rules. No values, just fulfilling his desires. His desire is his God. Such a person, أَضَلَّهُ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ Even though this person has knowledge, he will go astray. وَخَتَمَ عَلَىٰ سَمْعِهِ وَقَلْبِهِ وَجَعَلَ عَلَىٰ بَصَرِهِ غِشَاوَةً Such a person, his faculties are sealed. They're blocked. So why are they blocked? As a punishment. So now you understand why their situation is like this? Why is it that they will not believe? What is the reason? Continuous sinning. Continuous denial. Okay, we're going to listen to the recitation again. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَأَنذَرْتَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تُنذِرْهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ خَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ وَعَلَى سَمْعِهِمْ وَعَلَى أَبْصَارِهِمْ غِشَاوَةٌ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ I want you to listen to something then there is a very sad effect of sin and that is one sin leads to another the effect of one would lead to another so it is not easy to just say you know what I will just do this once and then it's over you do it once you know what you're going to scratch your head and say I want it again 
And then you're gonna scratch your head and say, I want to go back. And then you're gonna scratch your head and say, okay, that's not satisfying me anymore. I now need to go into something else. That's how shaitan works. He lures you by telling you the first time, don't worry, it's just once. You're just gonna commit a sin one time. That's it, no more. I'm not gonna do this again. And, and then you commit it and you tell yourself, not again. And sometime later, shaitan comes to you and says, wasn't it nice? Didn't you enjoy yourself? What, for two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes? I mean, you went to drink alcohol one evening, one night, perhaps you had in the club, and whatever happened, happened there, and so on. And then you made your tawbah, and then shaitan comes and says, hey, wouldn't you like to go again? Come, go again, you know? And then you think to yourself, oh, okay, one more time, one more time. You notice the first, it was one time. Now what is it? One more time. Did you notice that? One time, and then one more time. So first it is just once. And then it turns into one more time. One more time. And the first time that you decide, okay, let me try this. Let me do this wrong. Let me do this wrong thing. The first time there's always hesitation. You know, like when you're writing the exam and you can see somebody else's test paper. You're like, I'll cheat only once. Wallah, I will cheat just once. And that's because I couldn't study. And that's because I was at Al-Huda. Saturday morning I was at Al-Huda. I was doing something good. And then I do my lesson. And you know, I was doing something good. That's why I couldn't study. So I'll cheat just once. We justify it. But then what happens? If you've done it once, then you can always add one more time, one more time. And this is so dangerous. Because there comes a point where a person stops feeling bad. And the state of not even feeling bad, this is the sealing of the hearts. Write this down in your notes. What does it mean that the heart is sealed? What does it mean that the heart is sealed? That a person doesn't even feel bad anymore. So this means that repeated Exposure to sin causes desensitization. You don't even feel it anymore. Do you remember that hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said that when a person commits a sin, then what comes on their heart? What appears on their heart? A black spot. Then if a person repents, then what happens? It clears out. But if a person doesn't repent, and then they will go and commit another sin, then what will happen? That black mark will spread to a point where the whole heart will be covered with dirt, with filth. Right? It will become rusted. And think about it. If something is rusted, like for example, if a car is badly rusted, is it worth it that you go and repair it? Does it make sense? It's going to cost thousands of dollars. Why bother repairing it? So what does your dad say? No, it's beyond fixing. We're just going to replace it whenever we can. It's useless now. So this is what happens to people also. When they keep committing sin after sin after sin, they deny and deny again and again. Then nothing affects them. لا يؤمنون. So I have some reflection questions for you. And how these reflection questions work is, do you have a question on the screen? All right? And you have to... Discuss the answer with the person sitting next to you. You have to discuss the answer to this question with who? With who? Yourself in your heart? 
No. With your buddy, the person sitting next to you. So the first question is, what is the danger of ignoring Allah's command? Meaning, you know what Allah has said. You know what He wants you to do. But if we ignore it, then what's the danger? We ignore it, we don't care about it, we don't follow it. What's the danger? What's going to happen? Tell the person sitting next to you. Discuss it. So, what's the answer? Would anyone like to share? You keep on doing bad deeds and then your heart becomes sealed. Yeah. That a person, when they ignore Allah's commands and they keep on doing wrong until it becomes a habit, until it doesn't bother them, and then the heart is sealed. What else? The danger would also be that it's just like the signal. Like if we don't follow the signal, like we'll be harming ourselves. So if we don't follow Allah's command, then we'll be harming ourselves as well. Exactly. Go ahead. Um, we are also in the danger of losing our identity. And once we lose that, we also lose our peace because we don't know who we are anymore. And we keep searching for that. You know, and we become so restless in this world as well as the other. Yes, that is so true. Because kufr is what? That you cover your identity, right? And when a person continues to sin, continues to rebel, continues to disobey, then it's as if they don't know who they are anymore. They don't even know that they're Allah's servant. And when they don't know themselves as Allah's servant, then how will they ever be happy? You know, like you hear stories of people, like there's this... Story I read about this one girl, she was adopted, she lived in a different country, and she always wondered who her biological mother was. And there's numerous stories about that. People will travel across the continents just to know who their real family is. They don't feel complete until they know their identity. Yes. I was thinking that the, when it says when you sin or disobey, there's a black dot on our hearts. So whatever we do, we have to check what my heart is feeling. And when it's not feeling anything, then we should be worried about that. Yes. And these days when we look up on internet, we are watching a useful thing. But on the side, there are so many things coming up. We are so used to of that that we don't even think. Yes. There's a sin of our eyes and ears. Yes. We are so continuously exposed ourselves to it, unknowingly even. That we stop feeling it. Stop feeling it. It's very worrisome. Exactly. The other day I was sitting with somebody and they were watching something and you know there was music playing in the background and it was irritating me, you know, for like good three minutes and then five minutes and the five minutes turned into ten minutes. I'm like, please, there's no commentary, no words being said. It's just music. Can you please reduce the volume? So it's funny, the same thing, it doesn't even bother them. Um, and it's said that because they know what the command is but they still ignore it anyways and then the result of that is that they will receive the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has anybody been angry with you? yeah? I think everybody's gone through that right? where you're in trouble and your mom or your dad those of you who are married your husband you know they're upset with you and if they're angry with you even if you're right and they're wrong but they're mad at you Do you feel sad? Do you feel sad? Because somebody is upset with you. It hurts you. We can barely tolerate the anger of people. How is it that we can have Allah angry with us? How can we ever succeed? So then how do we protect ourselves? How do we protect our heart from getting sealed? What do we have to do? What do we have to do? Tawbah and along with that, yes? Good, follow Allah's commands. What else? 
Adopt taqwa. That is the answer I wanted. Adopt taqwa. That is how we protect our hearts. Okay, next question. Allah sent the Qur'an for? For? Guidance. Correct? The Qur'an tells us what Allah's command is. Meaning the Qur'an is here to protect us. So isn't the Qur'an a big blessing then? Isn't it a blessing? How can I be grateful for the blessing of Qur'an? Tell the person sitting next to you. And don't just give the right answer. Think about your life, your week, your days, what you do. How can you be grateful? So what's the answer? You want to give the answer? Sure. So how I can be grateful for the blessing of Quran. It came as a guidance and I think it's important that we realize that it's a guidance and to look at your own self and think what I'm doing in my day-to-day life and what I could do that would make it better. Like look at, for example, today we looked at verse um, 6 to 7 and you talked a lot about, okay, the people of the Kufr who wrong themselves, who know what they did wrong. Look at yourself, be like, what are some actions that I'm doing right now that are bad and that the Qur'an has told me and told me not to do and see like what I can do to better it. Yeah, mashallah. So we can be grateful for the blessing of Qur'an by using the Qur'an. Right? Using or benefiting from the guidance that Allah has sent in the Qur'an. Any other answer? Read it with an open heart. Excellent, mashallah. You learn the meaning, you understand what it says, and you adopt it, you bring it into your life. Good. And you know your lesson, your homework that you have to do. One is that you just sit on Sunday and do your lesson seven times and you're done with your lesson for the week. And the other is that every day, every day you do a little bit, you do a little bit. So every day of the week you have a connection with the Qur'an.